sometimes, I mean, I don't do this, but sometimes when people are happy and rejoicing in God, they look like it. You know? <laughs> I'm not one of those, but you know, it's all on the inside. <laughs> oh, praise God. Isn't God good? Yes. Amen. All right. Um, if you're visiting or here for the first time, great to have you with us. And today we're just giving thanks and celebrating and enjoying the presence of God and the privilege that we have to worship him and declare how great he is. And uh, we're going to do that in a different way. Uh, in fact, you've all got that opportunity. Uh, we're particularly thinking about uh, our tremendous time away and the conference and all that happened. Uh, and particular ones might have uh, special things to say. Uh, either things were impacted you or things that God did for you and uh, that will be your opportunity yeah so I'm imagining there might be a number of people so keep it short and sweet you can come here or if you don't want to come here you put your hand up and Jacob will run at superb speed with a microphone yeah so it's up to you alright a couple of things I need to tell you first I think if you, um, if you want to worship the Lord in your giving, let's take that opportunity. Stewards will wait upon us. Uh, if you'd like to do that, that's, you can do that now. It's another act of worship. I think the key thing I, I really want to say to you um, is to, to thank you for your service. Uh, that's always a difficult thing to do because... Um, it's safer to commend you for your service. Now, I give you too much thanks. Your reward in heaven is kind of, you know, slightly <laughs> moderated. But seriously, guys, um, what a ma magnificent demonstration of serving uh, in all the different areas, hosting and, and uh, at the conference and catering and sound and music and program and teaching. I mean, just in all those things, uh, absolutely awesome. Who thinks we served well? Let me try again. Who thinks we served well? Okay. Who thinks we didn't serve well? Okay. Would you agree with me it's okay to commend you for your service? Yes, yes. good. Excellent, all right. Um, here's the point, guys. Here's the point. Actions speak louder than words. And if our primary, one of our primary messages in loving God and loving one another is the fact that God has laid out a primary way of demonstrating loving one another. Through love, serve one another. Actions speak louder than words. And we could do all the teaching in the world, and it would not compare with what people are able to observe and experience. And that's why you are the message. And you've done exceptionally well and uh, been prepared to sacrifice to that end. So, really, thank you very, very much. 
Tuesday. Remember, we move uh, first Tuesday prayer to this coming Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday, one of the things we're going to do uh, in governmental prayer, in, in Tuesday, first Tuesday prayer, is we're going to just review the things we prayed for at the last time, praying up to this time, and then just be giving God thanks as we can uh, declare and express what he's actually done. Because it's very important that we understand we don't come to just pray prayers. We come to ask God for things, and we come to thank God for things. And God is very specific, so we do that. And then, of course, Tuesday morning, uh, 6.15, governmental prayer, very, very significant time for opening the way and forging the way forward for the days that lie ahead as we pick up the mind of God. All right. Do you want me to kick off? Well, look, I'll tell you what. We want to let the children have their time together. So if any children have got something to thank God for, they probably need to... I'll kind of start talking, but if they could come, probably come here, any children, before you go out, if you want to thank God for something, then you need to come here. That will be your opportunity um, to encourage the old people as well. All right, what was... Can I, can I tell you one of my highlights? Well, I'm going to, whether you say yes or no. <laughs> On the first Sunday, here, when we did those cardboard testimonies, man, so many of you joined in, and we reviewed. Some were new testimonies, and some were things that were well worth repeating. And so, you repeat. I was almost beside myself. I mean, just to see that, that was, that was fantastic. That was one of my highlights. I really like that. Anybody agree with that? Yeah. Oh, see? So it feels that we might be positive and encourage one another when we tell of what God's doing, yes? And that's what we're going to do now. Yippee! All right, okay. The array of seminars. Coming here, 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 is here, here, here. Chris, bring him. At least you stay here with him. All right. Poor Ben. Always just look at him on his own. No other child joining with him. Nobody else. No other children. Oh, maybe. Hello. You're, you're a little bit bigger than what I expected. All right. The array of seminars. I mean, talk about catch me out. As hands are going, as hands, he's like that, yeah, yeah. He gets overexcited. <laughs> um, and I'm not just speaking for myself there. Uh, I didn't really know all the different seminars till we got there and got that superb program. And uh, we, we're going to see what we can capture because people are asking for the opportunity which they couldn't possibly have there. All right, Ben, my friend. Um, on the second day of Bible studies, I got prayed for that I'd have healing hands. 
And I prayed for Serena's foot because she fell out of Auntie Teresa's caravan and had hurt it. And now her foot's better. Okay, Aaron wants me to share this. So when we were at Pilgrimage 17 and um, there was that bit where we walked around the um, hall... First of all, we didn't really know what was going on, but then um, Claire talked to him about it, and he said um, he wanted to leave selfishness behind. And um, this week, we've seen him be a lot more generous with things. So even things like his sweets, which he tends to find very difficult to, to share sometimes, um, that he's been really um, sharing with that. And that's quite significant for him, and I'm thanking God for it, and so is he. That's great. Baby, our two gerbils were boys, but one turned out to be a girl, and we, they have babies. Oh, thank God for that. <laughs> on the day before pilgrimage 17, I was playing on the trampoline, and I really hurt my toe, and it was swollen and bruised, and when we got to pilgrimage 17, I thought that I wasn't going to be able to walk that much and then I wasn't really going to have fun. But then the next, um, the next morning when I woke up, it, it still hurt, but I could play around and I was fine. Um, I'm thankful that at Pilgrimage 17, I had like, bitten my mouth and it was really hurting and the lady behind me prayed and it was better the next morning. On the last day, in the last meeting, uh, I felt a nudge from God to go and pray for Beck. Um, so then I just, and that was the day after Norma's talk on like following what God says. So then I found her, asked if there's anything I could pray for. She said a breakthrough in work. So then I did, and then the next day she called to say she's just had a breakthrough in work. Okay, so boys and girls want to go to their time together then.
All the delegates have left us now, except for one who was due not to leave us, not for some weeks yet. And so we welcome Leah. So she came to the conference, but now she's going to stay and join in Dulos and the life of the church for a period of time. And... uh, Continue to represent her father and her mother. You don't know her mother, but mm, very significant. All right, Leah, welcome. Right. We haven't actually got a look in total silence. We can say whoopee or yes or... Good. Well, I've had opportunity to uh, get feedback from a number of people, obviously not everybody, and uh, from some of the delegates. And I want to just share with you a couple of things. And since nobody has come here and nobody's put their hand up, I'll just go on and on and on, okay? You can come here or you can put your hand up. Uh, but. All right. Chris, you keep on coming up. (laughs) How about this one? I like this one. Um, I was talking to Royston, you know, from St. Martin, and uh, he'd been impacted by this thing about what pleases God. 
But somebody, and he couldn't remember their name, spoke to him at the last lunchtime on the Sunday, put his hand, put their hand on his shoulder, and um, said you were you were thinking of giving up before you came. Just please God. And it, I don't know who it was. He couldn't remember the name. He gave me a name, but it wasn't anybody I knew. So <laughs> perhaps it was the angel of the Lord, you know. <laughs> um, but isn't that amazing? Just a prompting to reach out and say something simple, and it can change somebody's life around like that. Somebody else told me, the practical demonstration of love is what I've always longed for. It's one of the delegates. The openness, the honesty. And again, the issue of what pleases God is the only question that needs to be asked. Uh, and then various people from the seminars, uh, one of the people in the Money Matters seminars, I realise I've been handling money completely the wrong way round. Uh, and then a number of people talking about seeing, the serving, the family, um, everybody involved in the uh, community caused a desire for what they saw. Another, um, another brother told me when he went uh, into the home where he was staying, he got healed from something that was deep inside him in terms of not really feeling he was ever um, at liberty or justified with being somewhere. And then uh, lots and lots of people were impacted by the, by the drama. And uh, that says to me, we've got to look at doing that again. Um, somebody else in the phase one, uh, listening to what we were doing on forgiveness, was impacted so powerfully they immediately contacted a brother they'd not spoken to in eight years uh, uh, to, to be restored and renewed. I mean, some powerful things going on. Uh, just wonderful. All right, well, since we've now got somebody, I, want, I suppose I'd best stop. Before pilgrimage, we, um, we were talking about expectations, and I felt there was something for me, um, again, in the area of work, and I, kind of, I was really wanting God to give me a direction about the way forward. Um, and I didn't really feel I got that during the conference, but I did feel like I came to a place of surrender um, with it. And um, this week that has just gone, I've had to face a number of really serious, difficult um, situations um, to the point where one of the senior leaders rang me up, who's quite experienced, on Saturday to check that I was okay. And just reflecting on that, um, I can say that I've had a sense of peace right throughout this week. Um, and, you know, I've spoken before about operating in fear, and I feel that I really wasn't operating in fear at all. So there's still something for me around the amount of work I do, um, and God's helping me with that. But um, I just want to thank God that he's really delivered me from that, and I could operate in a place of peace. I went to kind of pilgrimage in 17, really quite dissatisfied, and not in our God's dissatisfaction, we are kind of Avril dissatisfied way. And I went saying, okay, God, I either need you to settle my kind of spirit from this dissatisfaction or show me what's next, because I was like the next thing. 
And I just really want to thank God because he really, I can't even say you when it was during the time, but on the Sundays we were worshipping, I, I just suddenly realized I had a really deep sense of settledness that God knew he, could, he was in control and he was in charge of what I did and rather than me trying to find a new thing. And that's just continued. And it's not a mind thing, it's a deep settledness in my spirit. And I just really want to thank God for that. Before the conference, I went, I went up to John and I said, God's been really talking to me about uh, the gospel being far wider, deeper and longer than I can imagine. And uh, I was at one of the early morning Bible studies and I was next to Hilton and I just shared that. And he just said to God, wants to give you words, wants to give you visions, wants to give you prophecies. And all those things have been happening on a daily basis where I've just been getting words for other people. But the most amazing thing happened to me on the Friday was that a colleague came into work as a Christian and I just really felt, both of us did, that we should be praying together. And we prayed into, into what was going to happen that day. I had a director's meeting uh, for the school. But what we didn't know was, and God knew, was that there were going to be two inspectors also arriving on that day. We didn't know about that, but we were just claiming the whole day for God. And it just sounded like the whole thing was turned around, I believe, as a result of just following God's leading. Um, before um, going away, there was a, a work thing. I've had, got to do this write-up of this research, and I'd realised I got quite anxious about it. And, and in fact, it was kind of sitting on my shoulder, saying, "You can't do it. You can't do this. This is too big for you." And of course, the prophetic drama that we saw, um, there was exactly that—that that roaring giant. Um, and I just knew that was that was that thing. And then Alan came running in. And that was just fantastic, you know, and I just thought, oh, yeah, it's, it's just Alan. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's not a horrible, scary giant. Um, and the moment where Keon just said, I'm not coming with you, um, was, you know, like God used that as a prophetic word to me as well. For, you know, there's probably people for all of us that, you know, we, we pray for that have said, actually, I'm not coming with you. But at the end, wasn't it just him that said to the others, no, you can't turn back. Like, there's nothing here. You ha we have to all go on together. So that was really, um, really prophetic for me. So Sam kind of stole mine, but I'm going to elaborate from my point of view. Um, I hadn't felt to come forward for the, the walking around the hall or anything else like that. And I was just kind of like, oh, well, okay. And then Sam came past. I actually thought he was trying to get past me. Uh, then he was like, oh, I think I need to pray for you. Um, and I am really finding work quite difficult at the moment. And it's not like I went in Monday and everything was okay, but there are a couple of those conversations that seem to be coincidence, but really weren't. And I ended up, on Friday, I had a really difficult day, but then I ended up praying with a friend at work. And it's just the things that Sam prayed, which are really about knocking down obstacles and that, and then seeing some of that at work, it's really given me that hope. And I think it's that thing about, I would just really encourage people, if so, you think God's asking you to pray for someone, if you don't know them or you've not done that before, it's very, very significant for someone in a difficult situation to feel like there are people with them and that God is with them. We're so predictable, aren't we? Could somebody just... Um, trapping's good. <laughs> but is there any other expression we could... I mean... 
Well, all right, amen, I guess, I suppose, yeah. It's all part of our breakout, guys. Okay, um, I want to give thanks for two things. Um, the first thing happened about three weeks ago where a family member of mine went missing for the day. We had to get the police involved. Uh, there was a real threat over that person's life. It was a very traumatic thing, but God knew where she, he, they were and rescued them, and they are safe. But... But also, I went to Pilgrimage 17 with that real sense of, I suppose, brokenness, really, because it had really affected me. And God met with me uh, in that place of healing, and I feel restored now, and, and just not the pain of it. And I'm also thankful for faithful friends who just stood with me through that and who helped me through as well. I've always had a really deeply rooted sense of my own worthlessness. And although I know the theory that God loves me and accepts me just as I am, I've always um, uh, struggled to really believe that. Um, and, and one of the ways it manifests itself is I, I really... Um, hate inconveniencing people in any shape or form. So at um, Pilgrimage 17, I had a really, really, really powerful and long experience of the Holy Spirit, um, uh, which meant that um, not only was I the last one there, um, the people who prayed for me missed coffee. Um, and I'm thanking God that, um, yeah, the love that he has for all of us is real for me now. Wow. Lifted up, be high and lifted up, Jesus. It's you we glorify. It's you we're lifting high. On. Be high, be high, lifted up, be high, lifted up, be high.
Come on, let's just lift up his yeah, hands. Hallelujah. 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 Praise hallelujah. God. Do you want to hear some more? Yeah. Um, before we went to the conference, I was very clear in my mind what I was looking for, though I don't really think I shared that necessarily with anyone. Um, I wanted restoration of a particular relationship with someone. And God took me on a journey. Every seminar I went to, every talk I heard, almost every conversation I had, God was saying, okay, this now, that now, that now. And it was hard, but it was a really good journey for me to be on. And then on the Sunday morning when God said about a new level of love, I was ready. I wouldn't have been ready for that the day before. And um, God started something new in me for that person, has already given me a couple of different ways I can love that person that I find very difficult. And I'm thanking God because I couldn't do it on my own. Isn't God faithful? I mean, when he's kind of, when he's on to us, he just, just sticks with it, doesn't he? Yeah? Don't you just hate that? Um, before we went on the conference at um, Alicia's school, they'd had a fire drill, and she'd been really scared, and she said during the fire drill she was shaking. And then every day she's been saying, oh, what happens if there's a fire on the roof? What happens if there's a fire? Oh, you know, she's just talking about it all the time, and she was obviously scared, and I was trying to help her, but it didn't really work. And then we were at the conference. I think it was Ben Paisley had a word about fear, and he was saying it's a command of God not to be anxious, not to be fearful. And then John got up and said, okay, you know, talk to someone next to you and, you know, recognize that God's a big God and can deal with this. So she immediately turned to me and she said, oh, mummy, what are you scared of? And I thought, oh, she wants to talk about something here. So I just said, oh, you know, I'm scared of heights. What are you scared of? And she said, fire. And so I said, well, let's pray. So I got Steve and I prayed for her. And she just seemed a lot calmer. And then the next day she said, oh, mummy, what happens if there's a fire on my head? And I said, well, we've talked to Jesus about this now, haven't we? And, you know, you know you're safe now. You know that he's looking after you and you don't need to be anxious or worry about this. And she hasn't talked about fire since. So. These, are, these are significant life-changing things that reaching into the depths of what's happening. It's only God can do that, yeah? Oh, praise God. Praise God. Yeah? This is young Neil. Young Neil. Well, uh, so I, I've got three things, but I'm going to be quick. You are going to be quick. I'm going to be quick, right? Okay, but I'm totally secure because when I walked around the uh, church, whatever it was, congregation, when we did that thing, the thing that I left behind was my insecurity. I don't need to be shaped by what other people think of me. God's made me like I am, and that's who I am. And it's affected the way I am at work so far. I'm not, not through it, but I know that, that we're talking about something different now. So it's about understanding me. I've got to understand me to be who God's made me to be and stop faffing about. Anyway, I also wanted to thank God for Mustafa Moyo. How many of you saw, how many of you saw the Odyssey show? What, a, what an amazing church that we can put on something like that with our young people and just the different things, whether it was the, whether it was the egg 
uh, smashing, or it was the, oh, just tremendous creativity and so much life. And thank God that we've, we, we're in a church where that is the case. I mean, how, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing. I just, I just look at it and I just think, thank you, Lord, for that fact that we have people of faith of all ages amongst us. And, and God, you have you called forth this generation, yeah? Isn't it exciting? Isn't it exciting? Little, little Ben coming up, you know, to give testimony first this morning, you know, and, and he was helping me welcome guests. And he was so excited about it. And, you know, so anyway, I, I, I'll just say I'll be quick, didn't I? And the, the other one was just for a real connection with the people we had in our house. You know, every time we come to have people stay with us, it's a bit of a... It's a bit of a cost, isn't there? Have you noticed that? It's a, it's a bit hard having people come to stay with you. But every time, God amazes me with, with just the connections that he gives and the, and the quality of life that flows when we get to speaking with people. And initially, it was all a bit superficial and so on, but then we got through to some real things. And um, I just want to thank God for that, for my connection with George and Josephine and uh, expecting to see more of that. Um, most of you know, just before we went away to Pilgrimage 17, I um, finally moved into my own very own home, which is... And uh, that's been long awaited, and there's been lots of um, ups and downs along the way, but I-, I could never have been so thankful. So I was in a really amazing place anyway, and I have been for all of this. I've got Doulos this year, and so much is going on. But while I was there, I think it was the night of Hilton's talk, I was really unsettled. It was in my gut, and I couldn't, I just couldn't put my finger on what it was, and I was quite uneasy about it, and I knew it was from God. And so I was really searching for for this time. And I sat there, and I thought about it, and I asked God, and I wrote loads of stuff down, and I just kept asking, show me what it is. I'm really happy. I'm in an amazing place right now, but I don't want to be happy and comfortable with this. And I think that's what it was going on in my head. So I said, what's next? What is it you want me to do now? And I didn't know that evening, but a couple of, couple of people came up to me that evening and were giving me words of encouragement. Um, there was a talk the next day with Hans, and that was also really impacting me. And they said, but I still didn't know quite what was going on until it just hit me on the Saturday what was going on. And I thought, oh, I can hear God. God was actually talking to me. And I think for the first time, I heard him so clearly. And I was just like there going, yes, I can do this. I want to do this, Lord. And I've just been in this high place ever since. I'm just like, I can hear God. And it's, it's, it's impacted me tremendously. And, you know, I did that walk around and I left something behind that he wanted me to leave behind. And, you know, things are so different. And I'm so thankful. What a joy. We can hear God. Yeah? Yeah. Turn to somebody and tell them something that stood out to you in our time away together. Something to impact you. Something that sticks in your memory.
Anybody hear anything good? Anybody hear anything good? Yeah? What did you hear good to you? You can't hear it, can you? It's your mum. We both agreed that we really enjoyed the time when the younger children sang the song together and did the rap and just that, just what they, you know, just how they came with that, that they seemed really keen to do it, they weren't embarrassed. Wasn't it great when we uh, had those contributions, very powerful spoken words from, well, there was Nick Brewer, Charlotte Tizard brought one, Jacob, Bill brought one, and it just, just felt like God anointed them with a gift in there to bring a powerful spoken word, and that stood out to us. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know if it's possible, I've not looked into this yet, but I would really like, they were very significant, and if it's possible to capture them, we'll put them in the... Uh, in the e-bulletin, yeah. Well, funnily enough, um, the spoken word was the session that uh, I felt really drawn to because, like Anthony said, uh, what I've heard has been really powerful. So I was surprised to hear how everybody finds it so hard to come up to the front to share it because, to me, they're absolutely amazing. So my challenge has been to come up here and share what I wrote. (laughs) I came to this session wanting to check out expression. Found out that truth is the way to go and that lies are the foe. God wants your heart, your life, your all. He wants to flow freely, Just listen to his call. Open your mind and welcome him in. Have faith, stand tall. You are surrounded by kin, a part of the body, a place to share. And who knows what will happen if only you dare. He sets free, he gives his peace. Speak and you will find God's release. We thank God for the sisters in this church. (laughs) And for those brothers who are prepared to join in. (laughs) And we pray that God will stir up the rest of them. (laughs) Right. My deep powers of perception tell me that we need to be short, sharp and to the point. Not for you personally... But for um, so I went to the um, hearing from God session with Charlotte and Nick and I wrote to God asking him to meet with me because I felt unconnected and he prompted me to ask someone to pray with me about something I've been struggling about which she did and she said that God would um, use me going forward and since I've come home from pilgrimage 17 I mean, he did use me to speak with someone at length about that very thing and to share what God had written and it was exactly the same as what she had 
I went to, um, when I went pilgrimage to Vintine, I went to different workshops and they all impacted me. But for some reason, um, I bought this notebook with me and um, at the pilgrim, at the workshop with Lottie and Nick, we was asked to um, write something that God gave us and this is what came to me. Let it all go. My phone has run out of charge. My bits are on my memo. I'm going to have to revert using paper and pen. Pen, check. Paper, the only paper I have is this notebook that is full of my past life, of what I used to be before I followed Jesus and he set me free. This notebook is older than 10 years old. Why do I need to have it with me as a constant reminder of who I used to be? God set me free so long ago. Why do I need to keep hold of this book as if my life depended on it? I got a new handbag for Pilgrim 17 and I had a clear out of all my old bag. Old receipts and old used tissues went into the rubbish bin. But when I came to this old notebook, I hesitated to whether to keep it or not. And the voice in my head says, no, you must keep me. So I do. But now I know I am under oppression. And yes, it's time for me to get rid of this book and be set free in Jesus' name. Anybody want to join Marag in a book burning ceremony? Um, I've just been really overwhelmed by the depth of the people that God's put around me when I was praying um, about pilgrimage. Lots of things come to me, but God clearly said that I'm surrounded by gems. And um, just the different sparkly gems that God's carved and polished and, you know, refining. And going to all the different seminars, um, I've learned so much through people that I see all the time and I just didn't know they had that depth and that knowledge and that wisdom to share with me and I feel like I'm growing and I'm building through these amazing people so I've just been overwhelmed by that it's been amazing Sounds as though it was worth to keep going I went away stressed and when I was away I started to think that nobody wanted to be around me but that was a lie of the enemy because we did a seminar with Anthony Garland and it proved that I was loved and wanted in our sketch. I was invited for a cup of tea and a biscuit and to talk with my friends. The, the other point I wanted to make was I was dwelling on my past and the enemy was giving me problems with my sins of the past. I went up for prayer and God said he'd healed me of that. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. God will even organise for someone to take part in a drama in order to speak what he wants to say. <laughs> Charlotte. Um, can I do a little bonus one first? I'm just, bonus <laughs> <one>. <laughs> I'm just hearing um, the guys share about uh, the impact of that workshop. I nearly pulled out of doing that workshop a week before because I just had this overwhelming sense of you don't have anything to bring. You, like, why could you do a workshop on 
writing spoken word and at our development group, I got a kind of lots of people encouraging me who didn't know that. And I'm just really thankful <laughs> that I didn't cancel because it clearly was something God was doing. So I'm thankful that he did it in spite of me. Um, and the, the thing I was going to say is one of our children really, really struggles with this corporate setting and worship. And I was, the, the week before when all the delegates were here, it was just really immensely stressful, particularly with Michael drumming. And I thought, how are we going to do this? And I just felt my heart break for him, really. Like, this is traumatic for you, but God is here and I want you to, to enjoy this. And so going away, I, I kind of... We asked for some practical help from our group, which was really helpful. Um, but in the first session, as soon as the instrument started, he was like, no, take me out now. Um, and we went and played on the play park. But as we sat and we, we looked at the hills and we started talking about how God had made the hills and wasn't Wales so beautiful compared to <laughs> um, but And about we saw these two sheep on a hill and... Um, we're talking about them and how God had made him. And we could hear the music coming outside. And it was really beautiful from outside. Um, and he really enjoyed that. Um, and so that was really good. No, I'm sure it was lovely inside as well. Um, and we, so I went back and I, I wrote a little poem about it and didn't think much more of it. And then by the end of the, the time there, he was able to stay in the sessions, which was progress. That was really good. Um, and actually felt quite at ease there. And he saw me writing in a book and said, oh, what's that? And I said, oh, it's where I write things. And he said, read something to me. So I read him the poem I had written about us being outside and seeing the sheep on the hill and how, basically it was about how we are part of it, even though we weren't in the worship. And he was like, wow, read me another one. Um, let's write one. And I just, I felt like, wow, like, that God... God was speaking to him in that way and and I had this kind of limited idea of oh it'd be great if he could conform on a Sunday and be like other kids and dance but actually God has so much more for him than that he wants to speak to him he wants to know him and he's giving us tools to do that if only we can find them so yeah Um, before the conference, I was getting very anxious about my future. Lots of different things, but mainly centered around kind of leaving home next year, going to university, doing my A-levels. And I was actually feeling really worried about even going to the conference because I was like, how am I going to do work when I'm there? And how's that going to affect my results? And while I was there, God just spoke to me in so many different ways. It wasn't in one big thing, but it was in various things that people said to me and, and various lines in the worship songs. And I felt like God was just saying that my future's in his hands and my A-levels are important, but actually he's bigger than that. And just since the conference, I've just had this kind of joy and like my A-levels start this week and I'm not even like worried about it. Like they're just going to happen and that's fine. And yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> Sounds like the spirit of your brother's come upon you. <laughs> That's really great. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, before the conference, um, Heather and I were getting very anxious about quite a few things, like newly married, trying to like sort out finances, trying to sort out just so many different things. And I was particularly getting very nervous about it because I'm a forward planner and a lot of the time that just leads to worry. <laughs> um, so there was a lot of anxiety in the build up to Pilgrimage 17. So on the last day, 
we really, I really just said to God, I'm fed up with this. And we both basically were just saying, God, we want this over with. And then that's when we are, they asked everyone to walk around the building. And then Hans said something particularly interesting where he said, Father, forgive us for the times that we've exalted our anxieties above you. And that was just, that just hit like a, a knife in the thing of God. I have, I've been doing that so much. And so Heather and I went to the front to get prayed for. And we really felt that God was just saying to us that we need to look at everything that is before us in the next few months in the context of his lordship, that he's lord over everything. And then that means that anything that we have to face will be fine. We've been looking at it from the bottom up saying, God, these are all my problems. How are you going to fix them? But we really feel that he's just saying to us, look at everything through my lordship. I'm lord over everything and everything is sorted. So we're thankful for that. Two things, but they're both quite quick. One is for Remy, who stayed with us. And when he came through the door, it was just love at first sight, particularly with our kids. And he, um, because he was just such a lovely personality, so very gentle, very mellow, but was always walking around singing his lovely songs, like when Jesus says yes, who can say no? Nobody can say no. He had a huge impact on all of us, but particularly the children, because he would just sit down and pray with them, or one day when they were having a horrid argument, you know, we'd like given up. <laughs> like, he was like, oh, come along, Kendry, come, you know, have a really, really, really adult, God, godly conversations with both of them and prayed with them, which was very significant. And um, we believe it's the start of, know, of knowing him. But even if they don't ever see him again, they're never going to forget him. We won't ever forget him. So we thank God for that. But also, when, when we were away, I, I don't know who was in charge of allocating rooms in cabins, which I think must have been a very challenging job. But as far as we were concerned, we were with people who we, to be honest, we hardly speak to just because it's a big church. And it was such a blessing, the conversations we had. So we're really thanking God for that as well. Um, before the conference, I was chatting to a few of the leaders about work direction and what I was going to do next. Um, and then the first Sunday, John was talking about the birds catching the flies, and I could really see that that had significance for me, and that had give, that kind of gave me an excitement and hope about what was um, next. And then Mark was um, talking as well about the journey um, at the conference in Wales, and yeah, it really gave me that sort of hope and excitement and uh, direction for the future. I didn't want to go to Pilgrimage 17. Um, and I'm, I, one of the reasons, because i got a dog, and my dog travels everywhere with me, and she couldn't go. Um, so people were saying about sorting out the dog. And I was... Um, and I didn't want to leave her. And I walk in the park every day, and my dog walker friends know that I travel with the dog. She's got a passport. She comes everywhere with me. And I said, oh, I'm supposed to be going away on the 1st of June to Wales. And one of my friends said, oh, I'm having a dog then, am I? So I knew that was a God thing, because I didn't want to go. <laughs> um, so the dog got sorted out. Um, and you got sorted out. <laughs> well... <laughs> um, and then when we were travelling, well, I was travelling down, I thought I was going to be travelling on my own, but um, I took 
um, Lorraine with me. I was glad that she was with me because we stopped at the ser first service station and there was an altercation there. Not my fault. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my fault. <laughs> but um, I do like to rise to the challenge of an argument. And, um, <laughs> but I was very mindful of Lorraine, but it wasn't really Lorraine. It was kind of like it was Jesus because I got out of the car ready to draw my sword and um, like the rain was sitting there so I couldn't and it was so that was that so um, instead of drawing my sword I gave the woman a fruit bar instead um, wow. so I thank God for, for Lorraine being with me because she kept me in check um, while we was at the conference because also I don't want to speak in tongues either. Um, and I don't know what day it was, but I just walked over to the window and I was just talking to God in my head and then my mouth just started <laughs> moving and everything, um, which was really strange. It was really deep. I know it wasn't my voice. Um, and so I was thinking, like, I'm, oh, I'm just going to stop this. So I'm going to open my eyes, look at the windowsill, and it's going to stop. And I opened my eyes, looked at the windowsill, and started looking at all this, thinking about that. And it was still going. <laughs> just wouldn't stop. <laughs> so thanks, God, for even yeah. yeah. he took me down. <laughs> I mean, God is so personal. He just deals with us in the ways which are best for us. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Um, on the Sunday when we got home, I was watching the One Love Manchester concert, and it was really good, but I felt quite sad afterwards. And I was going to Wembley Stadium all day yesterday, and I was feeling quite anxious. Um, before I went to bed, I was talking to my mum about all the attacks that had been going on, and one was saying that we can't live in fear because God's with us. And I also remember saying that I don't really, I feel like I don't really hear God that often. And when I went to sleep, I woke up and after hearing Norma's talk, I just had the words be still in my head. And I don't know if it was in my dream or I did it in my sleep, but I remember just lying on my back and opening my arms out as if surrendering to him. And I woke up and I felt completely calm. And so like, this week, my school went on lockdown because they were raiding houses in Ilford, and everyone was panicking and felt so worried, but I was completely calm because I just remembered be still and God's with me, and I can't live in fear. Hello. Okay. So, throughout pilgrimage, I felt like there was something I needed to give up, but that was the one thing I was certain I wouldn't give up. And then I didn't feel as close to God as I should have for that pilgrimage until the last day where it all kind of hit me. So I kept getting these signs to just be pushed by God to give it up. And I remember hearing three significant words during prayer, which were, God is gentle. And so I felt like after finally surrendering, what I felt like I wouldn't ever do, um, I feel completely close to God. And 
just be willing to completely trust him for any possibility that might occur and to know that I can continue to feel his love through his expansion and convey it for other people. God is gentle. That loving kindness, that ability to, to reach out in a way that he just kind of, he gets to us, doesn't he? An aspect of his love, Dave. He's uh, gentle. He can also be quite direct sometimes as well. Yes. Um, <laughs> so uh, in the seminar on integrity that I went to, um, there was one of the very key messages in that was about speaking the truth, but within love. Um, and the Holy Spirit being a filter to that, so that you're not just saying everything that comes into your head about how somebody's doing something or something. And I thought, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good at that. You know, I'm, I'm quite sensitive, and actually God put his finger on something very specific in the way I've been talking to somebody. Um, and I was able, after that seminar, to sort it out pretty much straight away, um, which I was quite thankful for. Um, before going to pilgrimage, um, I had a lot of things that I was really, really worried about and concerned about, and I kept thinking maybe I shouldn't go. And even up until the day before, when my body was telling me I shouldn't go, um, and I prayed about it a lot leading up to the day before and of the day. And all the things that I was worried about and concerned about, God put people in place. And those people stepped up and looked after me and helped me the whole time I was there. And I didn't have to worry about anything. And I'm very thankful and I praise God for that. God took care of everything that she was worried about because he knows us. He knows us best than we know ourselves. Yeah? I feel like, can we just sing something or just stand or I know you're willing to wait come on let's just let's just lift our thanks to God let's just declare his goodness let's just declare his goodness we're hearing some remarkable things that God's been doing this is our God this is what he's like
Um, in high-pressure situations, I tend to get a little bit stressed and short-tempered. Um, on the Monday before we went at the uh, worship practice, um, Mark was prompted to pray for a big lump of grace for me. And I can definitely say that this particular conference was the most calm, most peaceful, most enjoyable I've ever been to. What did your wife say, John? <laughs> right. In P17, one afternoon I was sitting on the bench talking to a lady, um, delicate. Um, we were talking about, she was talking about um, her church have a big problem judging young, young um, like youth and teenagers, how they dress. So because of that, some children wouldn't go to that church and even her own daughter go to another church. We we're talking about how that judgment can make people um, the problem, cause the problem in the church. I was, and God gave me a picture that time. I was, I was really amazed. Um, I see a picture of a lifeboat in a stormy sea, and a lot of people on the boat, and the people in the water. Some, the people reach out to to grab the people still in the water. Um, I think from that picture, I really clearly can see God. And I'm dealing with my problem. I think sometimes I do compare myself with other people in the church and then um, feel kind of distance sometimes. And God told me that the church is like a lifeboat. We're no different from the people. We're no different from others apart from we're on the boat. And some people are still in the water. So we are, the whole church, we're on the boat. We stick together. We are on the same journey, on the way. Um, yeah, we are reaching out to the people still in the water. So I think that's quite a clear message to me. We're on the boat, we stick together. Um, yeah, God uh, leading us to this, and the destination we want us to, to be. So. Um, I wasn't looking forward to going to pilgrimage. Um, a few times before before we went, um, I said, oh, I'm not going. Um, you know, you guys can go without me or, you know, Wilco, you take the kids and go and I'll stay home with the babies. Um, and then one of my kids got chicken pox and then I went, yeah, we're definitely not going. None of us are going. Um, but we did manage to go. Um, when we were doing that walk around the hall, um, I did the walk and I decided to leave resentfulness. Um, so, because even though I am enjoying the phase I'm in, um, I was seeing the negative sides of it. I was disconnecting myself from people. I wasn't talking very much and just really distancing myself and choosing not to connect in any way. And just, Sometimes I was choosing to be depressed when I didn't need to be. So after I did that walk, it was, I mean, nothing had changed. I still had five children who demanded attention. But I was seeing the positive side of everything. Um, it rained and I wasn't like, oh, it's raining. Oh, God, I can't wait for the sunshine. I was enjoying the fact that it was raining and just seeing the bright side of it. very real, isn't it? The circumstances didn't change. The weather 
didn't change. She, she still got five kids. <laughs> but something far more important changed. She left behind resentment. And, and sometimes God gives us these things, the kind of pictorial things, just so that we access his power. These are powerful things. Change, deep change. We rejoice. Yes? Yeah. Hi, I'm very anxious, so you have to excuse me. <laughs> God told me, you go there and speak in front of them. So I was debating with him, come on, you know I can't do it. Anyway, I, have, uh, I was in very big pain like a month ago because I broke up with my boyfriend. But God was speaking to me through the relationship saying, no, no, no. I had no clear you know, word from him, but then I decided, because true people, he spoke to me, and I decided to break up. Now, one day I was in such a pain that I, I was telling God, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to live like that. I can't. So I was almost thinking of a way to escape, and you know what I mean. But then, like in three days, of course, people were playing, uh, praying with me, some friends, Fatima as well. Thank you, Fatima. God bless you. Um, so he took my pain away in three days. Literally, I felt no pain. And me, I'm the kind of person who would suffer after, after an event like this. I would suffer like for two years. But he took my pain away. This is one of them. Another one, many things happened. Another one, a friend came to me and they said, they, they knew I needed a phone. So they came to me, they, bring me a, they brought me a phone, a new phone, and they said, God, God gave me, God told me to give you the phone. So, praise God. Another event, uh, <laughs> one, this is the last one, okay. <laughs> you know the terrorist attack? Uh, maybe you know the third person that was identified, the youngest one, he was my colleague and my friend. I was in touch with him on Facebook, I believed, and that's why I'm still in shock. I can't believe that person, who I was talking to and trying to help to find the job and different things, he could kill, go and kill people. So I was in a great shock and fear as well. Now, I prayed with Fatima. He, uh, God gave me peace to her. Then on, uh, on a different day, uh, before going to sleep, I was so, I was in such a pain and fear and shock and I don't know how to explain it to you. But then a person called me and said, God told me to call you and pray with you. So I am better. I'm still in shock, but I'm better. So praise God. God is good. We're good. <laughs> um, so I went to pilgrimage kind of like open to what God would do. So I was like, okay, God, whatever you want to do, you do. And um, I kind of wish I hadn't, but um, I did. And then um, God was like, okay, so you need to sacrifice everything. And I was like, okay, cool, yeah, that's fine, I could do that. And then I realized that was a lot more than what I thought it was. Um, and so I had a lot of words, and it was like, you're in a very safe place right now, and you're staying still. And you need to basically go. And it was hard for me, but God brought me to a place where I was peaceful in that. And I basically laid my life at God's feet at pilgrimage. So, yeah. <laughs>
Um, God normally shows me the love for people. He does, and it's wonderful. And um, at the conference, I have so many um, opportunities to serve, to talk to people to, from everywhere in the world. It was, it was very, very good. And I thought I was very satisfied. But when I went back home, the Holy Spirit really hit me. I was praying for two days without understanding why. And I asked him so many times why, why I'm crying like that. And he clearly showed me the love and compassion for all the people and the nations that came together with us, the life they have there. And it was really, really great. And it makes me understand better how we can interact with other people outside UK. So it was really great. Confession time. <laughs> right. Um, so I'm doing doulos, and in one of the sessions that I have, I have a, a conversation. Now, I make my, my own point with the teacher, and I think I was disrespectful, so I apologize. So in the days after, I have this kind of separation in between us that I noticed. So that's the things that I feel. So we went to the uh, B-17, we started walking around. And then obviously in my own mind, I was getting rid of as much as I could in there, pretty much everything. But he was standing behind me and he touched my shoulder and he says, uh, you walking, we're walking together. Uh, or are you, walk, you you're walking with me or you're walking together? And then, I, st I carry on, and I say, yeah, yeah. But then I start swallowing and, and digesting, and that was God revealing to me that, yes, we're walking together. This, yes, we're walking together. And he made me understand that this is not about me. The way I do things or the way he does things is, is about us walking together. And the whole conference is about us walking together and what union, you know, before him, so when I, when I finished the walk and I just went to him, I said, I love you, I love you, <laughs> Give him, uh, you know, because actually God gave me the love back to him, and I'm thankful for that. Um, we almost didn't make it to the conference, so I came back from dropping off the delegates, and Sue's mum um, who's 90 and had a stroke, serious stroke two and a half years ago. And the, she said, I just had a phone call from mum's carer to say that she's been taken to hospital. And when that happens, it sets up a whole chain of events, which can take eight, nine hours. And we thought, I know, I can tell you my heart sunk. So I said to Sue, well, let's get packed, car packed. She won't be at the hospital yet, and let's go. We got to the hospital, and we almost fell over the trolley as they wheeled her in. The timing was so perfect. And, and to, to cut a long story short, they post that the thing came through really quickly, and by half past 12, they made a decision to admit her, which was not good for her, but for us it was brilliant news because it meant that we were released to actually, actually go. And uh, we got in the car, and we just drove. And uh, we pulled into the car park at two minutes past five. And 
I, I just kind of feel that there was the hand of God on that in, in just enabling us to, there was this whole obstacle and, and, and just to get there and be there when we should be there. My second thing was also very brief. Um, the thing that's really impacted me over this conference is just the, the heart that God has put amongst us to embrace people and, and that ability to embrace all those guys, people, men, women from overseas and, and just and to, to catch something which expresses his heart of love between us. And, and I just wanted to just to catch that. And I think the thing that I'm saying to God, God, expand my heart so that I can live in the fullness of, of, of what you have put amongst us in the ability to express love to, to all those people. Uh, first, I want to thank God for his love. He loves us. I think God had prepared me before P17. Prepare my body. I never feel good like I was there. And then, and that on Saturday in Avril meeting, we talk about Holy Spirit. Then I, I do the, like Jesus come to bless the disciples, do the Holy Spirit. Then I sleep and the Nils asked some questions. We talk about these questions. And then I feel all the spirit there. We finish. I never feel my body all this. In the big ten, we start praying and they ask God for love. And the God called me say, Balthazar, I am the truth. Come to me. And they say me, all desires, people, will be funded. Now, I've, I know God live with me. After this, Monday, I wake up to go work. And then start praying. And then God make me pray the road here to pray for all peoples to love. We need love. He showed me he loves us. Thank you. Um, I want to say, isn't it good that God can talk to you even through fat dad? <laughs> um, but it was the thing about you sitting on the sofa, fat dad sitting on the sofa and being all comfortable. And that's where I felt I was. And so I knew that when we did that walk around, I had to leave that comfortable place. I had to leave that sofa behind. And, and there were other things that came out over the weekend about Mark saying that he only walked with those that were wounded. And I thought, do you know, I don't feel like I've been, you know, I've been wounded. I don't feel like I've put myself in that place where there was pain. I don't think I'm feeling that. So I know that there's more that God can do with me, you know, for me in that. And, um, and even this week, I've seen things change at work. You know, I find things, you know, so there's something that might be a bit difficult, but I'm thinking, no, I'm going to look to God for, for the answer for that and see him change me in it. So thanking God for that. I wanted to actually give a testimony about doing an airport run. So slightly before the conference, I went to Heathrow um, two Saturdays ago, you know, the week before it all started. And, 
um, while I was there. I, was, I do tend to try and fit lots of things in in the time that I've got. I, th I thought I could get to the airport, I could get back, and then I could kind of resume my normal Saturday routine, go for a run or whatever else I wanted to do. Well, anyway, I'm at Heathrow, and, um, and then there was a delay on the flight, of course. And so my normal reaction would be, oh, great, now I can't do this, I can't do this, I can't do this. But I actually really felt a peace from God and an excitement to be there because of the part I was playing, collecting Emmanuel Freeman. And, uh, and I thought, how great it would be to have somebody there holding my name, you know, when I come out, knowing that they've sort of stayed there a bit longer. And I just felt this peace from God. I had a great time sitting in Terminal 4, listening to music and reading my book. I'd be here, traffic jams on the way back. It was great on the M25. Just sat over chatting, he slept a bit. It was really good. I had such a great time. So it was a real privilege. And, and just thank you for God. I'm tempted to ask Dave to lay hands on me to get some of that. <laughs> but two quick things I want to say to you. It's right that we enjoy and we're, we're thankful. And as much as we're able, exuberantly thankful. I know there's a long way to go on that yet, but um, to actually express that, it's a time of thankfulness. It's a... It's a real time of celebration of the goodness of God. I mean, there are other things that I know realistically probably just about anyone could have said something uh, of what had impacted you. But let, let's take note. We're hearing some pretty significant things. And this is, this is God at work amongst us. This is the goodness of God. In addition to which, he enabled us to do something which has a very powerful um, message. As I said to you a little while ago, uh, it's actions speak louder than words. And uh, to, to actually demonstrate love like that and, uh, is, a, is a very, very powerful thing. Um, remember what one of the delegates said, you know, we saw kingdom culture. Not British culture, but kingdom culture. I was thrilled at that because I'm not interested in people finding British culture, but kingdom culture. So in a time of thankful exuberance, we're still on a pilgrimage. Amen? Yeah. We're still on a pilgrimage. And we've tasted something, and we are tasting something of the manifold goodness of God. I'm thrilled at some of the things that we've been hearing. Yeah, there's, there's valleys, and there's springs, and there's all these things in the normal. But pilgrimage means about keeping moving and keeping focus on the destination. And our destination has never changed. Destination is that we might stand before God in Zion. In essence, it means that we might know the pleasure and the presence of God, that we, we, our focus would be upon him. And somebody already mentioned this, but i just underline it. Who we're adventuring with, of course with the Holy Spirit, but our brothers and sisters is a very key thing. God ordained that, you know? You know that uh, saying that happens in the world, uh, um, I'm sentenced to relatives, thank God I've got friends? Well, we're not like that. We thank God that he's joined us to one another and we, we bear that sense of responsibility and recognition of, of the expression that God has given us to, to love one another, which is to therefore show what God is really like as we love one another. 
So we're looking to continue that call to come up higher, to be closer to God, uh, to know more of his love, and especially to know that as we love one another. One final thing is we're looking outwards, not just inwards. We're looking who are we going to invite to travel with us? Who is God placing on our hearts to travel with us on this, on this journey, on this pilgrimage? Because given that God is with us, we could reasonably expect that we'll have the privilege to invite others to join with us on this pilgrimage. And let's be outward looking to see who God is adding at this time. Yeah? So Lord, we thank you for all that you've done, for all of the, your love displayed directly and through the body, and for the opportunity to declare what you're like. We give you grateful thanks. Amen. If you want prayer for anything, then do come here where the team will be.